All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey everybody and welcome to HR Latte. This is a special episode. I have invited back a very special guest, Jay Coons, who is an expert on healthcare HR working at Kinetics. Hey Jay, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rayanne. Great to be here. Well, I'm really excited about this topic. It's something that is really near and dear to my heart because of what I do for Dovetail. I am a head of marketing there and conference exhibiting and setting up expo halls and presenting and attending all these things that have to do with conference attendance and conference season, which is upon us in the HR industry is so important, I believe, to folks that work in the industry, whether they are practitioners, whether they are providers of technology, whether they are folks that go out and present like you and I have done in the past. It's really important to understand why conferences have an impact on an industry. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that, Jay, I would love to have you introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, Again, Jay Coons. I work for a recruitment process outsourcing firm based in Atlanta, Georgia named Kinetics. And prior to joining Kinetics about a year and a half ago, I spent 20 years in the hospital and health system space as an HR executive. And during that time, really transformed my HR practice and my leadership style from one that was very traditional to one that was very contemporary, basically re-engineered my HR teams and how we worked to become completely digital, social media driven, very heavy on content. And that's what I do now with clients across the country in healthcare. Uh, I lead our healthcare practice and that's our sole focus. You are one of the busiest guys I know. You you are on the road often. You're actually on the road now or or will be within the next day or two. And, And I know that that can take its toll on you. But one of the reasons that you and I are talking today is the ASHRA conference that's coming up in Grapevine, Texas. It's uh, happening on September 24th through the 27th. This conference has been going on for over 50 years. It's a great tradition in the healthcare HR industry. And Jay, I know you're attending this year. Give us a bit of a rundown about why you're going to be there at ASHRA. Well, the nice thing about the ASHRA event, unlike other healthcare or HR conferences is that it's really focused exclusively on the healthcare industry. And as much as I like to think is that I'm a fairly contemporary guy, I'm really only contemporary in one swim lane and that's uh, healthcare. So it's a great conference to be able to connect with people who are in your industry, but it's not a small conference. So you're able to connect with lots and lots of people and hear some of the most Uh, cutting edge and latest and greatest things that are going on, as well as, and this is the most important part for me, connect in real life with people who are dealing with the same challenges and pressures that you are in your work. So one of the uh, things that you and I have been talking about for probably, gosh, four or five years, I'm trying to remember the first webinar that you and I did together. We talked about the shifting landscape of what's happening within uh, healthcare, the change in jobs, which definitely impacts HR and recruiting. And the theme for this year's ASHRA conference is nurturing engagement in shifting landscapes. So it's nice to see 
that the things that you and I have been talking about for years are actually indeed true and things that are going to be a focus at this big conference that's happening in Texas. So Dovetail will be there exhibiting. And what I want to talk to you about as a former practitioner and now a deep in the trenches consultant that is helping healthcare organizations across the country, I want to talk with you about what attendees should expect from from an event like this. You know, ASHRA garners a lot of attendees that come in, they're, they're coming in to, to talk to vendors, they're coming in to learn more about their industry and, and maybe improve their own practice and take ideas back. And a lot of times they just come to sit and not participate or to get away from the desk, right? And get out into the world a little bit and networking. And while those are very important things, this is also a, a truly great learning opportunity. So I'd love to get your take on what attendees should expect from a couple of things, what they should expect from vendors, we'll hit sessions and presenters later. And then also maybe you can help me understand what vendors can do better. Absolutely. I think a, a key, key piece for attendees and vendors, that, that connection point is to be, for the vendors to not be too salesy. I know as a conference attendee in many different environments for years and years and years, the moment I felt like the vendor was starting to push, that just really turned me off. Uh, Ah. I want to be able to connect with someone. I want to understand why a person's product solves problems that I'm dealing with. Because even if you're not a real decision maker, one of the things about these larger conferences is that you're going to have a mix of attendees. You're going to have many, I'll say, entry-level or junior-level professionals. And you're going to have a smattering of senior execs and decision-making leaders. And so if you push too hard on the entry-level person, they're going to not even understand what you're talking about because they don't have the authority to deal with budgets and things like that. So that can be a turnoff. For the more senior person, if you're talking about solving a problem that maybe isn't even there for the potential client, then that's a turnoff, even if they're a decision maker. So I think there's value in being much more laid back and relaxed and wanting to connect and show some energy and personality and maybe having, you know, literally a 15 second reason why you help solve problems. Ah, you mean that are an actual sales pitch that addresses an issue. <laughs> Not just you know, says, buy, buy sounds, from us, buy from us, take our swag, yeah, you know? <laughs> it sounds bizarre saying it out loud, but uh, it's happened so many times. And, and unfortunately, many times organizations will hire the, or, or the least senior people are sent out on the conference circuit. They don't understand how to do it. So or it's have nice no to connection to the industry. You know, we're, we're really excited about attending this conference because the folks that we're sending from Dovetail all have background in healthcare HR. We were either recruiters or in-house HR professionals. And and so it makes a huge difference for us because we have a vested interest in the industry that we're going to be visiting with, talking with, sharing with. Um, Content has really shifted in the last several years about what organizations like Dovetail, so HR technology companies, how they can have an impact on an industry isn't just about selling product. The driver needs to be, am I sharing with you something that will benefit your practice? And so many vendors miss that mark. So is there a way that vendors can do this, Jay? I know that you're dealing with vendors, you're helping organizations either make shifts in the products that they're using or giving them ideas about how to better deal with vendors and and get the most 
out of the technology that they're using. A lot of times companies or healthcare organizations are buying software and then not using it or not using it fully to its full capacity. So I would love any advice you can give uh, practitioners or folks that are buyers of product. Yeah, absolutely. We see it regularly at Kinetics. And one of the things that we, 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 we stress a couple of key points. Number one is define what your needs are. Don't be enamored by a product that may be very, very robust, but doesn't fit in your organization. So that whole shiny new toy phenomenon, you can't get caught up in that. You need, before you're looking at any vendors, you need to define what is it that we need to deal with in our universe. That's interesting. And then when you start engaging vendors, make sure that 85% of what they deliver out of the box meets your needs. Because if there has to be a whole bunch of customization, then that's not really a solution. That's yeah. just building something from the ground up. Well, and we, we talk about this all the time. You're either um, helping solve a problem or you're creating more problems, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and you don't need that. I mean, our, our attend, the, the folks that are attending, the practitioners that are out there working, they need solutions. hundred uh, percent they do. And nobody has any time to spend on a seven-month implementation to make sure everything is rigged to retrofit back to what the old manual process was or cumbersome process was just to match systems. It really needs to be define your problems, match it to a solution that's almost complete, and then get it done. As soon as there's buzzwords about, oh, no, we don't, we can make this at whatever you want it to be, I just tell people, Uh, run, run, run run away from that, run away from that. means time ticking. That's what yeah. that means. It just means and it's, dollars. it's going to be and dollars and training and all the things that get in the way of actually getting in there and solving issues and, and using a product that benefits the department. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Jay about the upcoming ASHRA conference. He's going to be there. I'm going to be there with Dovetail Software, and we're going to hear from Dovetail right now. We'll be right back. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software, by HR, for HR. Hey, everybody, and we are back. Yes, big thanks out to Dovetail Software. Talking with Jay Coons, who is head of the HR, healthcare HR practice over at Kinetics, helping folks out there that work in healthcare HR to understand how to use products better, how to use social media to benefit their recruitment practice and the engagement with their employees. All these great things that Jay's been doing for years. He and I have been friends for many years and have talked a lot about these issues. Today, we're focusing on conference attendance. Now, Jay and I first met at the Knacker conference. I believe it was in Orlando, I think. Does that sound yes, right? It, yes, it was. Yeah. And the first time that we met, we'd been friends for years on social media, but the, that was the first time we met. And we were both there because we were presenting sessions at this conference. So I want to talk to you a bit, little bit about being a presenter in healthcare HR, what that is like, and what you need from attendees as a presenter, because it's If you sit in a session, as you and I have, when the attendees are either inattentive or 
angry or bitter about what you're presenting instead of being open-minded. It can impact your presentation. So, so tell me about any past experiences you've had as a presenter and what attendees should expect from presenters. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I'm, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to do keynotes in various spots around the country. And one of the things that is interesting as a healthcare HR leader is that I am typically presenting, if there's a lot of healthcare HR folks in the room, I'm presenting to a group, actually this kind of applies to HR in general, I'm presenting to a group of people who are fairly risk averse and who are not using the most contemporary tools to solve either their employee engagement or talent acquisition problems, let alone build and differentiate their employer brand. So a lot of the, I always joke that I never get invited back to any conferences, although a shout out to the Shine Conference in September in Chicago, they actually invited me back because the things that I talk about are usually so threatening to our HR colleagues, let alone in healthcare HR, which is probably one of the most risk-averse industries yes. uh, across the country. We've talked about uh, that a lot before. So Yeah, yeah. And it's not that it's the HR practitioner's fault in those organizations. They are under tremendous pressure from their legal departments and their risk management departments to not rock the boat. And so what I hope happens when I have the privilege to speak to groups of people is that the folks in the room will listen with, as you alluded to, an open mind. And I say this for one reason, not just because I want to beg them to listen to me, but because the I only talk about things that I have done and that I have implemented in the same space as them. I don't talk about, I read X book, go do that. I say, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. You can too. And so if I'm able to have their attention for a few minutes and explain the strategies that I've implemented that made a dramatic difference in my very conservative environment, it can work for them. And so that is one of the most important things I think and attendees can do is have an open mind. The other quick point is that I am amazed that more people aren't taking advantage of the time that I spend at conferences when I speak to ask me questions. That's because when you're up on the stage, you see all these heads nodding and people are taking pictures of your slides with their phone and they're laughing and they're tweeting things out once in a while for the more progressive audiences. But then there's all this time that you're there and you're, I always make myself available. And there's, there's always uh, you know, a handful of people who are really enthusiastic, but then the others are rushing to get the free peanuts on the break. Like I just don't understand why <laughs> there's not the hunger to pick somebody's brain who is doing something so dramatically different than everyone else but has the metrics to show the results. So perhaps I just do a poor job because <laughs> they don't want to talk to me anymore. No, no, no. Or I don't. just brainwashed to go on break versus take advantage of someone who's taken huge personal and professional risks to try these strategies and they paid off. And so why not figure out how you might be able to implement a couple of those things in your own universe? So as a speaker, I always wish that I could have more one-on-one time. And I think part of it is I just like chatting. So yeah. If want to chat, I'm always up for that. That's the, that's the best way to learn too, I think, and, and to share. I think people ease up a little bit and, and feel confident and comfortable in sharing either an issue, a challenge they've faced and overcome, or anything that might be on their mind that, that you have spurned on, you know, by, by what you have shared when you were either delivering a presentation or keynoting. You are somewhat of a maverick in what you do and have been, I wouldn't say somewhat, you are a maverick 
in your field and um, have been watched and followed by many HR professionals, not just in healthcare, but outside of that particular swim lane, if you will. And is there any advice you can give to practitioners today that feel like they need to be a maverick? I mean, what, what, what might be a first step for them in order to step outside of that risk averse glass wall that sits around them, you know, and, and just say, I'm going to take control of my department and do what I need, know needs to be done, which is essentially what you did. And it, it, um, is marked by success all along your path. So what advice could you give to somebody that's looking to maybe follow in your footsteps and be a maverick at their organization and within their industry? So the most important thing, it's a great question. The most important thing any healthcare HR leader can do if they have pressure to perform or deliver results in their organization, which we know they all do, and they know the way that they that's it's been done in their organization, whether they've been trying to do it for a long time or if they're brand new, they know that has to change. Here's the one thing they need to do. And that is start rounding regularly on the patients you serve. When I walked around the hallways and the cardiovascular intensive care unit of the Johns Hopkins Hospital I worked at in St. Petersburg, Florida, specialty children's hospital, and you saw the patient hooked up to ECMO, which is a very complex heart lung set of equipment. It's just, it's almost impossible to describe. The child is clinging to life and you're watching this, the parents are beyond distraught. There are many, many, many team members from the hospital working on this child. Every moment could mean disaster. And you're watching this scene and you have this pressure to perform. Are you really going to go back to your office and say, well, I don't have time to learn about social, or I don't have time to develop a robust recruitment marketing plan, or I might get some criticism if I try something new. In the senior field, walk down the hallway, particularly one of the units, at least the more contemporary units that are built in a circular motion for Alzheimer's and dementia patients so they can't get lost, right? right. If they walk down the hallway, it's a circle, they come back. Right. Watch the families coming to visit them and they no longer recognize the spouse or the kids or the grandchildren. Do you think you need to find the best people available for them? Yes, you do. So if that is not enough motivation, it's time to cash out of HR and try something different. Because that will give you the strength when the criticism comes, when you try things and they don't work, and when you ultimately adopt these contemporary business strategies and you have tremendous success. That's such great advice. It really puts it into perspective how important the job is. And uh, we often get caught up in the drudgery of the day-to-day ops of you know, just making sure so-and-so has the right benefits or you're answering complaints as opposed to how can we actually improve and highlight the workforce that is making a difference in the lives of so many people and can have a, a definitive impact on the well-being of a community. Well, so there's no I, doubt about that. And, and one of the differentiators for the healthcare industry is that it is a mission-driven industry. And so for folks outside of healthcare, that sounds hokey. When you're inside healthcare, it's everything. And so that whole concept of mission-driven work, whether you're for-profit or not-for-profit doesn't matter, it makes a difference in how you decide to lead. And you're either going to lead in a way that makes an impact, or to me, you're just running scared and you really need to switch to a different field. Such great advice, Jay. Before we wrap up, I want to see if you could share anything that attendees can do to maximize their attendance to conferences, whether it's walking through an expo hall or sitting in in a session 
approaching a presenter after a session? Yeah, I would say a couple things are very, very important. Number one, don't book your flight to leave the last day of the conference at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're either, <laughs> you're either going to the conference or you're not. Right. Uh, your employer is paying. So don't screw your employer by leaving early. Go to the conference and go all in. Absolutely use social media while you're there for two reasons. One, you should be using it because it's 2016. This is how the world of business works. And number two, when you're using social and you're using the hashtags for the conference, which by the way, every single conference has hashtags now, you will be able to identify people that you are not going to be able to meet, but you're going to see them on social and you're going to be able to connect with them. Because if your strategy about networking is every year going to the annual conference to network, you are missing about 362 days of networking opportunities, which is where the real magic happens. The conferences are meant to be the time when you meet with people and finally see them in real life. It's not meant to be the annual update where you say hi to your friend from Chicago or St. Louis or LA. Right. So absolutely use the tools, take full advantage of the time. Don't sit with people you know. If you went with five people from your company, don't go to the same sessions. Don't sit with them at meals. You see them every day at work. You have to branch out. Otherwise, you're not learning anything new. You're not exposed to anything new. And it really isn't a productive use of yours or your company's resources. Such great advice. Thank you so much for joining me today on this. Really, it is a special edition of HR Latte as we talk about the upcoming ASHRA conference taking place in Grapevine, Texas, September 24th through the 27th. Jay, I know that um, Kinetics actually has their own podcast called Talent Sniper Radio. How can folks find it? If you go to the kineticshr.com, which is K-I-N-E-T-I-X-H-R.com website, you can get all the info about our podcast and learn about our company as well. Perfect. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you at ASHRA. 